we're talking about deciding to sacrifice, okay? And that's an area that so often we think we are doing, but we're not at all. I want to draw your attention to the fact that for six weeks, we're trying to experience greater things from God. You know, you say, well, it should go on every day of our life. Well, that's true, Mr. Spiritual. But in reality, we have to force ourselves to commit to God, set some time aside. And that's what we're doing for these six weeks. And today we're talking about deciding to sacrifice. And, uh, you know, it's just like a diet. You don't live a diet. You have a period of time you diet, and it motivates you to start eating right. If you're a normal person, that's the way it should be. But in reality, we kind of veer from that, going back to our evil habits and so forth. But when it comes to you know, greater things, we should strive every day to want these areas for the six weeks that we're covering, these topics, to be every day in our life. Sacrifice should be an everyday thing. That's why the Bible says to be a living sacrifice. That's constant. That's it's every time you breathe in and out, that means you're determined to do what God wants and not what you want. So I'm going to draw your attention this morning, okay, to the subject of, of sacrifice. And I want to go back uh, to the beginning and talk about it. Historically, the method of sacrifice has been instituted by God. It's been demented by Satan, and uh, it's been distorted by mankind. What do I mean by that? God instituted the subject of sacrifice, but Satan twisted it and distorted it throughout time. That's why they would have sacrifices to the false god Baal. That's why throughout history we see sacrifices taking place, but they're demented and evil, not what God intended at all. And uh, people would sacrifice their children uh, nearly 2,500 years ago and so forth. And so these things were going on throughout time because they twisted uh, what God instituted for a purpose. Now, of course, our sacrifice today is not like it was so many years ago in Bible times. But then you have Hollywood and you have mankind that has twisted the idea of sacrifice. They, um, They distorted it. And, and so you get these movies, and Hollywood's presented the idea of sacrifice in such a, a strange, demented way. And we've lost focus of what true sacrifice is. It's not about slaughtering an animal or uh, hurting a person. Though when you hear the story today, you're going to think, wow, that is a little strange and demented. But I want you to stay focused where it's going to go. So let, let, let me make sure you understand. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 1 through chapter 7... God instituted sacrifice. There was, there was five types of sacrifice the children of Israel would do. Uh, the very traditional uh, burnt offering, the grain offerings, the peace offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings were all types of sacrifice. And these sacrifices were offerings that were brought by the people. And the reason they would do it is it was a physical expression of their inward devotion to God. So, but how does this relate to us today? How does the sacrifices that happened over 2,000 years ago influence us today? Um, According to the word of God, it's distinctly different because Jesus Christ died nearly 2,000 years ago to be the final blood sacrifice. We know if we study scripture that historically, if you go back to the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness... Uh, all the way to the time of David, there was tabernacles set up and, and, and the, the high priest would take the blood sacrifice and present it before God, the Shekinah glory and the Holy of the Holies for the forgiveness of sins. And uh, finally, we see the wonderful fact that God 
uh, held to his promise and sent his only begotten son to be the final sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain for all mankind. And at that moment when he said his last words on the cross, it is finished, the, uh, the veil was rent in the temple and no longer a separation between us and God. And we become a high priest. We have the ability to stand before God in prayer and, and have our prayers answered. And Jesus now makes intercession for us. We no longer have to have a man. And though mankind has distorted it with types of religion, including the Roman Catholic uh, mentality and their traditions, and uh, we do not go through a man. We go through, we go through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So where am I going with this? Well, I think to better understand uh, deciding to sacrifice, I think we need to go back to Genesis chapter 4. You want to do that with me? Wake up, people. Come on now. We're going to get excited. We're going to light the church on fire. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do some crazy stuff. And then it's going to get back to Pastor Tony, and he's in such a fog with Mickey Mouse. He don't know what's going on anyway. And we're going to leave it all behind for the newbies. We'll have Chris here. No, Chris gone too. He's got some things he's got to take care of this week. But, uh, you know, that just leaves it on Tyler, right? Little Michael. Little Michael. Like that? So they'll figure it out. We got insurance. I kid. I'm really nervous, actually. Very nervous. Sometimes I joke around to make it feel better. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1. Look at here. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bared a son. What was his name? Cain. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his, uh, another son. What was his name? His name is Abel. All of you should know this very well. And Abel was a, a keeper of the sheep, and came, Cain was a tiller of the ground. And over the process of time, the Bible says in verse 3... It was time for them in this period of time of their life, because they grew up, to learn to sacrifice as mom and dad did. So, Cain and Abel brought their sacrifice before God. And the Bible says, in verse 3, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. In verse 4, And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock. In other words, he didn't just bring any part of the flock or any lamb, he brought one of the most precious, the first. But we look at the life of Cain and how he would till the ground and have a stock, if you would, of all his um, vegetables and fruits and so forth, but it doesn't say he chose from the first. He just chose of it. Later on, we see in the same portion of Scripture in Genesis chapter 4, the Bible says that the Lord had respect unto Abel. He, he respected Abel. But Cain, he had no respect for his offering. And Cain was angry. Couldn't understand. Why? Why would you do that, God? From the beginning of time till now, sacrifice has been viewed by God three different ways. And this will probably help you understand this story a little bit better. A sacrifices are expected by God. In other words, God commanded it. He requires it. There's no exception. Everybody is required to give a sacrifice if they want the hand of God on their life. There was no way around it. So both of them were determined to bring a sacrifice before God. But the second thing to consider, sacrifices are also inspected by God. In other words, God analyzes it. He examines it. He's not examining the exact thing necessarily they brought before him, but the heart of the person that brought it before him. He's looking at the heart. And so what was the heart of Cain? Cain brought before 
God Almighty his offering, but it wasn't of his best. It wasn't of the first. But the Bible says he was disrespected. He was not respected by God. He was rejected by God. So, sacrifice, third thing, are accepted by God, but not for everybody. So, today, in our lives, it's the same thing. God expects something from you. He wants you to give of yourself, of your things, of your possessions. I don't know. But God is determined to analyze that very thing that you're going to sacrifice and see if you're sincere from your heart, if you've got the right heart. Are you going to be like Cain or are you going to be like Abel? And in the end, he will accept it or he'll reject it, either one. I think the best way to better understand this is to go a little further in the book of Genesis and go to Genesis chapter 22. And we're going to stay here, okay? Y'all ready? Flip in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 22 or on your app. We're going to look at this. So we understand that a sacrifice is required by God from the beginning of time till now. Everybody has to do it. Everybody's required to sacrifice something. But God will analyze that. God will inspect that sacrifice to see where your heart is. And then in the end, he'll either accept it or reject it. So... Let's look at one of the, ma- the greatest stories in the Bible concerning faith. And I know Pastor Tony's going to touch on this when he gets back. And uh, he said, I told him when I was talking about what I was preaching on. He says, you're preaching on what? Abraham? Said, That's my whole message. I said, well, it's a done deal, bro. Enjoy yourself with Mickey. <laughs> but it's so different with, with what Pastor Tony's going to be dealing with. They go hand in hand. But I want to examine the life of Abraham. A unique man, an unusual man, in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1. And I want you to realize that when it comes to sacrifice, one of the first things you need to get in your mind and your heart, it's going to cost. It will cost you. Look at this man with me, would you please? Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. I'm ready, God. What do you got to say? I want to listen. I'm open to whatever you have to say. But he didn't see this coming. In verse 2, And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee. And so, what does he do? Does he question God, this strange request? No, verse 3. Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men, some of his workers, with him, and Isaac his son. And he took the wood and the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. He was submissive. He headed out. And then the Bible goes on in verse 4. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto the young men, Abide here with the asses, and I and the lad will go yonder in, weird word here for this passage of Scripture, worship and come again unto you. Sacrifice will cost us something. It's going to cost you something. I'm going to tell you, first of all, it's going to cost you your possession, what you possess. You see, he, he had a son, his only son, and he loved his son. But God said, I want you to sacrifice the very thing that you possess, the very thing you hold dear to you. I want to know how much I mean to you. Am I priority in your life? 
Because we can say all we want that we're dedicated to God, we're committed to God, but in the long run, when our feet are put to the fire, it's going to cost us, and we're going to have to have a follow-through, and something you possess, something that belongs to you, is going to have to be given back to God. It's going to cost sometimes your time. The Bible said it took him three days to get to this location. Abraham was committed. This is the same man that was sent out by God, and he didn't even know what direction to go. He was just following God's leading at another portion of time in his life. That's a committed man. He was willing to sacrifice all his time and all his talents and all his abilities to do what God wanted him to do. It's going to cost you something you possess. True worship takes sacrifice. You know that? It, it, It takes time out of your life takes things away from your life to put God first and lift him up. I, I know sacrifice will cost you some things. It's going to cost you your possessions, but it'll cost you something you love too. I, I'm afraid to say that the, it, it's not our son. It's not our daughter that God is going after. It's our, it, for us today, we love our money. We love our things. We are expected by God to give some things up, but we hold on to the things we love most and put it before God. The love of money is the root of all evil. Are we willing to change our budget to put God first? Because sacrifice will cost you some things you possess and some things you love. You know, the Bible says in verse 20, chapter 22 and verse 2, and he said, Take now thy son, thy son, what you possess, what you own, Isaac, whom thou lovest. I want you to show to me that you love me and you're willing to commit yourself to me to the extent that you're going to trust me. Abraham could have been, you are, you are sick, God. You want, to take my, you, you want me to wake my boy up, my only son, and, and, and take him three days' journey up on top of a mountain, build an altar, and kill my son. What? God, what kind of God are you? Now, do you really believe God had any intentions in having him kill his son? No, he just wanted to know, how much do you trust me? Do you think God has any intentions in you going bankrupt when you step out by faith to commit to God to missions or tithing or offering? Well, we just can't afford this. I just can't do that. We're going to go in the hole. I mean, I, mean I, do, I do love my Starbucks, that $5 drink every day, or whatever the case may be. Those things that I love, those things I possess, I do love that 2017, you know, Dodge. I love it. It looks good. Leather seats. I mean, it's great. But is it, is it God's will or your will? Did you sacrifice for your desire or his desire? Because I'm afraid to say that if we analyze our budgets and our mentality of what we think is best for us, it's not always best for God. Sacrifice will cost you. It's going to cost you something you possess. It's going to cost you some things you love. Let me tell you something. God is going to meet you where you're at. He don't want to hurt you. He wants to help you. We know that to whom much is given, much is required, as the Bible says in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. The burnt sacrifices throughout history were done on different levels. For instance, if a man had a lot of money, he would bring a lamb before God and have it sacrificed. But if you were poor and didn't have much money, they'd bring turtle doves. What was the point of that? Because God said, I just want you to be willing to give me something. I want you to meet me where you're at. You're saying, Pastor Dave, are you encouraging me this morning to just give money, 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 money? No, I'm talking about time, talent, your abilities, your family. What does that look like? 
Well, it doesn't look like you're going to break out a knife and an altar and kill something special in your life. It means personally you're willing to step back. In today's day and age, biblically speaking, sacrifice means you're willing to give above for God. Above just saying you're a Christian. Above just throwing in something in the offering plate once in a while. Above Above just sitting in a pew using that beautiful voice for God, but standing up here and maybe using it in the choir. Above using that mind you have just at the school you work at, but maybe in a classroom that needs you. Your talents, your ability, your time. It's going to cost you something, but you're going to have to be willing to let it go and give it to God. Are you all following me this morning? Is this making sense? sacrifice will cost you. It cost Abraham. And Abraham saw that his son belonged to him. It was his only son. Not only that, he he loved him dearly. He cherished him. He took care of it. God will never put you in a situation where he's going to have you sacrifice something and ruin your life. It's not going to happen. He's out to better your life. But I want you to know this too this morning. Sacrifice will also challenge you. It's going to cost you, but it's going to challenge you. Now look what the following passage of Scripture says. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And he went both of them together. And then Isaac spoke unto his, Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the the, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? What's going on here, Dad? Anytime you're willing to give something up and take a big step of faith for Jesus Christ and sacrifice some things, it's going to challenge you, and it's going to challenge your family. They're going to question things. They're going to go, what is going on? Your family will fear your direction. You follow me? I don't know if Christian's in here. Is Christian in here? Let's see where he is. Hey, don't hide. Come down here. We're about to have a sacrifice. <laughs> my, my one son and my only son. This is my son, Christian. He has hair. Not for long, but he, he will go away. He's a good-looking boy. Yeah, Christian is my son. He's my only son. I love him. He's awesome. I love spending time with him. I got a daughter named Ellie. She's unique. She's crazy. She's funny. We can't watch a movie with Ellie and, without seeing her at the end of the movie. Whatever's playing, whatever music it is, she does some weird dance that makes us all very uncomfortable. <laughs> Until we finally say, please go to bed, Ellie. I don't, what is that? Christian, he's one of those quiet guys. He reminds me of Isaac. Christian, go over there and grab that wood, would you? See, Isaac was submissive to his father because he was just as sold out as his dad was. He knew God was in control because he saw something working in his dad's life and his mom's life. So he's willing to follow dad. He was willing to take the time to go three days' journey to a mysterious place called Mount Moriah to do something. But even as big as his faith was, He still was a little hesitant. And when you as a father make a decision, you following me? To do something big for God and some sacrifice some things in your life, your family will be challenged. Your family's going to get a little skeptical. Your family will be a little fearful in the direction you're going. Uh, 
Michael, you over there? The Bible says that Abraham had a ball of fire in one hand. Don't get nervous, son. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) This is so cool. He had a ball of fire in one hand. And then, check it out, bro. This is your knife. Got it out of your bedroom. And a knife in the other hand. I could hold this close because my, I have no hair. <laughs> now, can y'all see this? I just wanted to paint the picture. This is, this, is, this, is a, this is a whacked up job right here. This is dad going, son, it's time to worship. <laughs> Does something seem off here? And then his son looks at him and says, Dad, I see the fire. I see the knife. But I ain't seeing no sacrifice. Your sacrifice will challenge your family. And your family is ultimately going to look at you sometimes and fear your direction. This is pretty fearful. And he looks at him and says, boys, he says, boys, y'all stay here. Everything's going to be okay. And then he looks at his son and says, Son, you come with me. You follow my lead. I'm following God's lead. We're going to have a good time worshiping the Lord. So he, he follows along. And he looks at his dad. And the Bible says when he looked at his dad, he, he, he questioned also the fact that about his, his decision. He said, Dad, I, <clears throat> you know, is this really, I'm paraphrasing here, is this really going to work the way you think it's going to work? I mean, where, where are we going with this? Why can't we stay home on Sunday morning and sleep in? Dad, why, why do you have to be my Sunday school teacher? Daddy, why, why, why are you and Mommy so involved in church? I mean, why are we doing that? Whoa, Dad, you mean to tell me? We're going we're gonna to only have a five-day vacation instead of a ten-day vacation because you decided to give to what? The Greater Things Project? You decided to give? I don't know about you, Dad, but that's pretty scary. We're going to lose out on a, a great... Oh, now we're just going to Disney. We're not going to Universal. I'm a little fearful of your decisions, Dad. You, you seem a little whacked out. You don't seem stable. And here you got me carrying things along with you. You got me being a part of this decision you're making. But did the son question the father? No, because the father didn't question the heavenly father. He just looked at him and says, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Because when you find them at the top of the mountain, he laid down in submission to the father. Your family will follow you and the sacrifices you make if you make godly decisions and do God's will, not your will. They may look at you at some points and go, Dad, Mom, this is a little leery, a little crazy. I just don't know. They may question some of the things you do. And not only that, you're... I can't get that in there. Not only that, they're going to look at you and... Your wife may even look at you and say, why are we doing this? Your husband may be the skeptic and look at you as the wife and say, can we handle this? Are we really going to follow through with this? Are we really going to do this? I mean, look, it's affecting our kids. They think you're off your rocker. Honey, you're so sold out, you're a religious freak. No, I'm not. 
Babe, just let them get in church and hear the word of God. They'll understand why we're so involved. They'll understand why we give to missions, why, give, why we tithe, why we're giving something like the turtle dove offering. We may not have a lot, but we'll give something. Why I'm giving them at least a dollar or something to go to Sunday school and, and give. I'm not just talking about financial. I'm talking about physical because when they see mom and dad submit to the Heavenly Father, they're going to want a part of it as well, and they'll trust God. Because when you sacrifice, it's going to cost you something, but it's also going to challenge your family. Not only that, come here over here, Christian. It's going to challenge your faith. I've had some times where I've been really nervous with my family that I had to trust God. Not necessarily with this one, with Ellie. (laughs) She uh, She could break her arm in a padded room. But let me tell you something. You can give me that. We won't, we'll deal with this later. We're going on vacation. I've got some surprises for you. Go have a seat. You're good. No, seriously, you're good. I'm done with you. Why are you so nervous? So, I just needed you for that minute. You, you don't even know where to go. The only time I've ever called him on the stage, and I have a knife in one hand and a fire in the other. When I was young... I'm still young, I hope. I'm 38. Some of you have heard of this. I had to make a decision to either give up on God or keep on following God. Because I was challenged. I was really challenged. And it cost me something. I was in Bible college. It was my freshman year. I was sitting in my, some of you have heard my testimony with this, sitting in my, my room and something just didn't seem right. And I went to bed. The next day, something was definitely not right. Everything was double vision. I couldn't see. From here over, it was all double vision. Couldn't drive. Got really nervous. Really bothering me. And I called my mom and dad. They came out. We had to see a specialist. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Finally, they, they diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis. And the doctor said, your eyes will never go back to the way they were. You'll probably be like this for the rest of your life. They click when you look from the right to the left. You'll have double vision when you focus any, any distance to the left. You need to go on this special diet. You're taking 15 different vitamins a day. And eventually, you're going to go on Copaxin and injection every day. I'm scared to death of needles. I don't like any kind of needle. You don't need to eat pizza. You don't need to eat this. You don't need to eat that. I'm thinking, I'm 19 years old? This is my life? Is this what you did, God? So I go to Bible college? Really? And this is what you give me? You give me an incurable disease that one day I might wake up and never, ever be able to walk again? Is this your choice? Is this what you want? This isn't right, God. This is not fair, God. I was mad. Well, summer came. It was at the end of my freshman year, and I was at home. This Pastor Tony was already gone. Me and him shared a room since we were born, so I had my own room. I was sitting there thinking to myself, do I want to go back to Bible college? I surrendered to the preach when I was 14 years old. I was on fire for God. I really was excited. And then something happened. God challenged me. God put an obstacle in my life to see if I'm willing to trust him to get through it. And it was going to cost me some things. And the thing that was going to cost me the most was simple. Just faith. So one day, I got up and I looked in the mirror. And I looked from the left to the right and I said, I will not be defeated by you, Satan. 
I will not quit. I will get the victory, and God will heal. He will heal my eyes. And he'll let me serve him, and I'll, I'll be able to do something great for him. You will not stop me. I will follow my heavenly father, though it may look really messed up. Though it may seem distorted, and, and it doesn't make any sense. But I'm going to trust you. And it looked like he had a knife in one hand and a flame in the other. And he was going to lead me to destruction and a life of misery. And every day I did the same thing. I get out of bed all summer. I look in the mirror. And I look from the left. Look to the right. Pray and say, maybe tomorrow. I get up again. Look from the left to the right. And I did this for months. Not driving. (laughs) I, I would be scheduled to preach. Hardest thing in the world. Only thing good about it is those country churches, it was a full house because I had double vision. <laughs> I couldn't even read. Couldn't read right. It was just messed up. And then one day I got up and I looked in the mirror. I looked from the left to the right and I could see. And I walked down the hallway and I looked at my mom and I said, It's gone. God did it. I'm okay. God did a miracle in my life, and I'm going to be okay. My mom was thrilled. My mom went through depression and everything, and it was very hard. Let me tell you something. Do I still have multiple sclerosis? Yeah, I'll have it until I die, and it may even kill me. I don't know, and I am not challenging you, God. I, I'm, <laughs> please put the flame out. I don't want to see the knife. I'm, I'm really happy with God giving me the ability to walk and move and do whatever and yeah i'm still on medication whatever the case but god it's ultimately the one taking care of me and i have to trust him i have to trust him to lead me guide me and direct me it challenges me it costs me but in the end i want you to notice something sacrifice will challenge your family and your faith but look at look at this man's faith your faith will increase with passion Abraham said in verse 8, my son, God will provide. It's like looking in the mirror and saying, God will, will win. God will give me victory. God will give me a miracle. And it's easy to preach like this, but it's so hard to live like it. And he had passion in his faith. That's what happens when you sacrifice. God gives you passion and a zeal and a desire. And his son looked at him like he was crazy. God's going to provide? Where, where is it? Where's it going to come from? Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. It will come, though you may not see it yet. And that faith, that unbelievable faith in God, will challenge and give you increase in your passion. And your faith will also excel in his provision. Let me tell you something. God is willing to provide your needs. But he's not going to do it unless you step out and trust him. And be willing to give things up so he can prove to you he's in control. You see, the Bible makes it very clear. When God provides, your faith grows. That's why in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please God. You've got to have faith. And in the end of that verse, the Bible says he rewarded them that diligently seek him. God is able. I tell you, when it comes to God... And his willingness to provide our every need. Sometimes it can be scary. Sometimes it's hard. 
it's hard to trust God that he's going to provide the needs that we have. You say, it doesn't make any sense. God can't do this. And we got the altar right before us and we said, God, can you really do this? Are you really, if I put everything on the altar and become a living sacrifice, can you really provide for me? And God simply says, listen, can you have faith in me? Because if you have faith in me, I'll do something like I did in Abraham's life. And in verse 13, the Bible says, And Abraham looked, lifted up his eyes and looked. And what was there? The Bible makes it clear there was a ram caught in the thicket. Why? Because right before that in the previous verse, what happened? The Bible says, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, Stop! Hold your hand back. For I, the Lord thy God, have intervened for thee. Let me show you something. Y'all nervous yet? That looks hot. Let's not tell Pastor Tony. He has no idea what I'm doing right now. And God says, you trust me, I'm going to provide for you. And the last thing, sacrifice will change you. It's going to change you. It's going to change your favor with God. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in verse 14 through 17, because of his faith in God, the Bible says in verse 17, he said, I'll bless you, I'll provide for you, and I'll give you what you need. I'm going to increase your family. I'm going to increase your goods. I'm going to provide for you things that you never thought you would ever have. Why? Because he has now favor with God. Because sacrifice will change you in your favor with God and your favor with man. The very last verse in verse 18 says, and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. I'm not only going to bless you, but I'm going to bless those around you. Obedience is a small thing. It's in your heart. You have to make a decision for God. This is really making me nervous. It's the people that can't really see what your plans are. They're just looking. I've never done this before. But underneath it all, when you obey God, God has something special for you. Blessings. I believe with all my heart, the only reason that we are not experiencing the blessings of God in our life is because we're holding back our obedience to God. It's there. The blessings have always been there. They're underneath all that doubt and that fear. It's always been there. It's in your heart. God wants to bless your heart and bless your family and bless your ways. But the fact of the matter is, the only thing holding them back from showing you his blessings in your life is your disobedience. Did you see the end of this verse, what it said? I love what it says. In Genesis chapter 22, the Bible says in verse 16, why am I doing this? Because you have not withheld thy son. You didn't hold anything back. You were willing to give your all. You were willing to be like Abraham. Are you willing to be like Abraham? Are you willing to be like Abel? What did Abel do? Abel gave of his first. Hey, as soon as you get that check, what do you do? You plan out your budget. What's at the top of your budget? Is it God? Hey, your abilities, your talents, your children, are you putting them first for God or first for you? Because when you obey God and you hold nothing back from God's will and you obey him, as the Bible says in verse 18, he will bless you. And through that, You will have favor with God and favor with man and your influence will go so far that nobody could ever understand that just a simple step of obedience and faith could bring blessings.
It's there. You just can't see the blessings yet. Are you ready to take a step to sacrifice the things you hold so dear, the things you love, the things you possess? Are you willing to let God show you what it's going to cost? Are you willing to let God challenge you and in the end, let God show you something special and change you and change your favor with God and your favor with man and your favor with your children? Because your children will be willing to follow you yet the more when they see that you're a woman of faith or a man of faith. When you're willing to step out. Pastor Dave, are you saying this is all just financial? No, I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about the fact that some of you have great ability and you're holding back from God. I'm talking about this whole section over here one day could be filled with instruments that can be bringing glory to God. Oh yeah, it's going to cost you time because you're going to have to come out on Wednesday night and practice. Yeah, I know. This choir could be filled with people that are singing praises to God because you have the ability. People that can sing, okay? Not just anybody. If you can't sing, there's another area for you. But it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you some time to go out of your way to be a part of that practice. Maybe you're going to be a secretary for a children's department. Maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's you're going to be a part of the bus ministry. I don't know. Maybe it could be just as simple as giving. Maybe it is a financial thing. Let me say this. The fact of the matter is, if you're not sacrificing something for God, you're living in disobedience to God, and you will not experience the blessings of God. So you better analyze. You analyze your life, your finances, and your walk, and see where are your priorities. It's a question. So with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a minute, we don't want anybody to walk out of here thinking that this church is about money. God knows this church is not about money. This church is about people. Loving God, loving others, and serving both. So greater things when it comes to the decision to sacrifice is not just talking financial. It's talking mental, spiritual, Social, it's talking about you going out of your comfort zone and being part of a life group and taking the time out to see what God can bless you with through that life group. It's about being a part of serving God in this church in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it be your time, your talent, your ability, something. But if you're not giving anything to God, you are out of the will of God. Let me be very blunt. You're in disobedience to God. So analyze your life right now. Go through it right now and look at your life closely and ask yourself this question. What am I sacrificing for the living God? 